Shame is one of the most difficult emotions that can affect us. And it's hard to spot it on your own, but yet it can invade almost every area of your life. Overcoming shame, it's a difficult thing to do, but I have good news for you. You can overcome it. And today we're going to talk about how to kick shame to the curb. So stay with me. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in a Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, I'm your host Jeannie Smith and welcome back to the show. So today we're going to be talking about a topic titled shame. And I don't know, man, this has been a difficult um, episode for me to prepare for. It's been stirring in my heart for a while uh, because it just hits so home, so personally home for me and for family members, loved ones, friends that I've known, women Um, that I've counseled through the years because I have seen this thing called shame at work so deeply in people's lives around me. And I see the hold that it has on individuals. And so, you know, preparing to talk about it, I knew this is one of those things where I'm just going to have to roll up my sleeves. You're going to have to roll up your sleeves and we're going to have to dig in deep when we explore the topic of shame. So I hope you got a good cup of coffee this morning. I've got my mug here filled with hot lemon water today that has the word love on it because I want to think about the word love versus thinking about the word shame because shame is something that the enemy puts upon us and love is what Christ puts upon us. So let's talk about shame a little bit. You know, let's talk about some things that we need to know about shame. Well, if we look up just the general definition of shame, we may see something like shame is something triggered by a perceived break in one's ability to connect to others or themselves. You know, this can be compounded by feelings when there is fear of being exposed of something or another person's judgment or evaluation that might be casted upon ourselves. Or these can also be, um, judgments that we cast upon ourselves. But at any rate, shame is a very emotional experience. And the thoughts of shame go deep. And they can be real or they can be imaginary. The root of shame can be tied to past experiences of feeling judged, criticized, or rejected. Some of the things that we see with shame is the pushing away of others. You know, like that could be friends or family members. Um, where you just you just want to kind of pull away and be alone. So there's withdrawing going on. There's isolation going on. There's a sense of going into hiding, if you will. And so we see this person disappearing. We see this person maybe experiencing anger or self-blame, self-judgment. Sometimes we see addictions involved. So I gave you a definition of shame in regards to a worldly perspective. But now I want to give you a definition of shame in regards to a spiritual perspective. And actually, 
When I sat down and really thought about what I saw as a picture of shame, I wrote out my own definition. And this is what I wrote. Shame is spoken lies of Satan over an individual that is meant to strip them of their royal identity. These lies then seep into the cracks of a broken vessel that he himself, meaning Satan, has been plotting against all along through his demonic forces. We have to remember his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what John 10.10 10 tells us. But we have to also remember that whatever has happened to us, it does not define us. And let's just face it, we live in a fallen world. We live in a sin-filled world and bad things are going to happen all the time and they do every day, every moment of the day. It's really difficult when you see these kind of things, bad things happen to good people and it makes you question a lot of things. Why did this have to happen? This was such a good person. I'm such a good person. Why has this happened to me? This just doesn't seem fair. But again, there's that truth again. We live in a fallen world and sometimes things are simply out of our control because of the atmosphere, the place in which we live in. It's full of sin. It's just broken. So let's continue this discussion on what we need to know about shame. Well, first let's talk about the difference between shame and guilt. I mean, is there a difference between shame and guilt? Because many times these two things are viewed as the same, but actually they're very different. I mean, Guilt's message is, I did something bad, and there's a feeling of needing forgiveness or justification for that thing. Shame's message is, I am bad. See, there's a huge difference, and this terminology, I am bad, needs an identity shift and a relational connection. Shame lingers way after forgiveness has been sought and granted, and shame also feels like it is attached to you when guilt feels more like something outside of you, if that makes sense. I mean, just straight out, shame, I believe, is demonic. That's why I think that's a good way to think about it, as something that is attached to you. It's a spirit that is attached to you. When guilt, again, feels like something outside of you, it's a circumstance, it's something that you walk through, it's something that you're feeling that you feel like needs to be justified. But again, shame is something that is attaching itself to you. Shame can commonly be found in victims of abuse. Shameful and sinful acts committed against a person leave them very vulnerable to shame. Very vulnerable to shame. It's not uncommon for that person, that victim of that sexual assault, to actually feel more shame than the perpetrator. I have righteous anger when I think about that because I think about that person, that perpetrator that is sinful, broken themselves for whatever reason that commits this act to this person and then they walk around living their life as a victim, believing that, I don't know, that this was their fault in some kind of way. And now this shame has been impressed, attached itself. This demonic spirit of shame has now attached itself to this victim. And now this person walks around the rest of their life battling this shame that was never theirs to begin with. Shame can arise from a past sin that haunts us. When I think about this, I think about even my abortion. You know, that was a past sin that haunted me. And I use the word haunt because I knew that God had forgiven me, but yet I was haunted by it. And, and that was shame that was arising up in me. 
You know, it's like, it's, do you believe that your worst sin has been separated from you as far as the east is from the west? Because the Bible says that he forgives us as far as the east is from the west, but when we're still thinking about it. Now, God doesn't take away our memory. So, you know, God can forgive us and he forgets about as far as the east is from the west, but we still have the ability to remember what that sin was that we walked through or, you know, act of sin that came against us or an act of sin that we participated in. So this is the truth about even your most shameful sin. It is no longer a part of you, but you don't forget it. Other people may remember and you may remember, but to the one whose remembrance counts for eternity, which is Jesus, your sin is nailed to the cross and no longer has the power over you. So did you hear what I said? You may remember, other people may remember, but he does not remember her. And he is the only one that counts because your sin, whatever you've gone through, it's already been nailed to the cross. It's done. It's finished. So he says, because of what he's done for you on the cross, that it can no longer have power over you. And I think the beautiful thing in, in this situation now is, yes, we can still remember but what we need to remember is where we were and the defining moment that Jesus stepped in and what that did to our life. We need to remember what the cross did for us and how it set us free. That's what we need to remember, not our sin, because if he doesn't remember it, then we shouldn't remember it anymore either in that content. Okay. And shame can also make us feel unworthy. It can make us feel insecure. Shame can be another term for unbelief in God unbelief in God's love for us, right? And so we don't want to do that. So Lord, help us with our unbelief because, you know, as Christians, uh, we can always struggle with unbelief. Even though we're Christians, we can't believe that um, we allowed something like this to happen. We can't believe that God would do anything or could do anything about it. And so, you know, those can become sin, uh, sin matters as well. Now, I want to say this, shame can act like a barrier, it's a barrier. When I said it was something that attached itself to you, it's a demonic force that attaches yourself to you. And it can act as a barrier that keeps love from getting through. Now, remember when we started out this thing today, I said, I want to think about the word love versus the word shame. Okay. Big difference between these two words. Now, shame acts like a barrier that keeps love from getting through enemy, the devil doesn't want love to penetrate through God's love. He hates God's love for us. He hates us. He hates God. He doesn't want us to experience God's love or anybody else's love for that matter. He just doesn't want us to feel love. So he tries to keep a separation there, a barrier, and he calls it shame. We're going to call it shame. So you may begin to think, well, that love those things, they may be true for other people, but they're just not true for me. So again, that unbelief creeps back in and that's just simply not true. Listen, shame is meant to keep you from freedom. Let me say that again. Shame is a weapon used by the enemy to keep you from freedom and experiencing God's love for you and experiencing all God created you for all of his spiritual blessings, it becomes a barrier and a hindrance to those things. That is what shame is. Shame requires that we all have to do something or have to be perfect before presenting ourselves to others or presenting ourselves 
to the Lord. And that's simply not true. That's a lie. There's an old hymn titled, Just As I Am. God wants you to come just as you are. He already knows what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter. He loves you all the same. We don't have to get cleaned up, people. We don't have to get cleaned up before we approach a wonderful, loving, perfect God. We don't have to do that. He loves us just as we are. Another way that shame works is it causes relational disconnect because if we don't believe that we can approach God and even be loved by God, then we're going to believe the lie that we can also not be loved or cannot approach other people, right? So we find it impossible to be in authentic relationship with anyone. We feel like we have to constantly hide. We feel like we have to get it all together before we can measure up. And, oh, wait, come on, we're never going to get it all together. We're never going to measure up. We were never meant or created to be able to measure anything up because we're not perfect. And so because of that, we find ways to distance ourselves from others to protect ourselves from truly being known because we've believed these lies about us and we think that we just need to keep ourselves at bay, right? Keep ourselves at a distance. The core belief becomes that one of, if you really knew me, you wouldn't want to be in relationship with me. And that's a prime indicator that shame is at play. I remember having a conversation with someone very dear to me. And I said, I see the goodness, all the goodness of God in you. I see God in you. And their response was, there's nothing good at all about me. And if you really knew the truth about me, you wouldn't even want to be around me. And this is spoken lies right here. I just gave an example of lies that Satan spoke into someone's life that they were repeating. And when we hear enough of that, guess what? It takes root and we begin to believe it and then we begin to act upon it. Now, I'm going to tell you, there is so many things that need to be talked about more in church. I mean, we've gotten so taboo about so many things that cause brokenness in this world and shame is certainly one of them, okay? It's simply not discussed enough in church. I mean, let's start bringing up the issue or problem of shame in our small groups or our Sunday school classes um, and let's see what happens. I think it's safe to say that if we're not talking about it, we are allowing that shame to grow and grow and grow deeper and broader in the individual and we need to expose it. We need to give them a safe place to speak about it and we need to expose it for what it truly is and we need to tear down that barrier with the love of Christ. So you know what I want to do? I want to start tearing down some barriers today. That's what I want to do. We're going to kick shame to the curve because it is difficult hard to overcome, but we have the power of Christ and the authority in us to do that by speaking out the word of God and reading it and meditating on it. That's right. That is what will begin to break the barriers of shame. So I'm going to give you four ways to begin to overcome shame. Number one, know the symptoms and recognize that you're being attacked. And we talked about some of those symptoms today. So know the symptoms. Number two, be aware of your thoughts. And are they condemning or are they uplifting? Because you have to speak life over yourself. Because whatever we speak, 
we speak it into the atmosphere, it becomes reality. Whatever we speak, we will believe. So we have to be very aware of our thoughts. Are our thoughts aligning with our identity? Are our words aligning with our identity? Or are they aligning with the lies of the enemy? So we're going to read some of God's words today so that you can be trained and skilled and be ready to fight and tear down the barrier with your thoughts and your words. Number three, to walk in grace. Now, listen, we are all broken people. Christ died through faith on the cross. We believe through faith and we walk in grace and we experience his grace. It was all about his grace. We need to wake up every day and say, God, fill me with your abundant grace. We need to have grace for other people, yes, but I'm talking about having grace for yourself because we are broken people and we make mistakes. So stop condemning yourself and I want you to accept grace. It was a gift given to you. So all you have to do is accept it, grace. And then number four, sometimes we have to seek support and help. It's okay. We really all need some sort of counseling and and therapy at some point in time in our life. Everyone needs to walk through healing, right? Again, because we live in this broken world. So seek support and help. This will help you walk through the stages of grief or pain or shame it will help tear down and break that barrier. You want to know why? Because when you seek support, when you're having communication with someone, whether it's one-on-one or in a group, that's called community. And community exposes shame. That's right. Shame disappears in community. So there you go. I gave you four things to start using to kick shame to the curve. Now, I want to go back to that second point that I gave you about being careful about what we think and what we speak. This is really the area where we have got to press into God's word because we overcome shame with God's word. God sees your shame and he wants you to be free from it. And he will walk through the valleys with you if that is necessary to help you overcome them. Yes, he will because he is faithful. So what does the Bible say about overcoming shame? Well, God does not hold on to your shame no matter what you believe about yourself. You may believe these, those lies about yourself, but God doesn't believe those things about you because Jesus died on the cross for every bad thing that you ever said or did. So those shameful deeds no longer are held against you. We talked about that, right? Remember, forgets from the east to the west. Yet many of us as Christians will still struggle and hold on to it with feelings of shame even after we have trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Why? Unbelief. Shame, again, the barrier, the devil wants to hold us down with our past mistakes, and shame is one of his favorite weapons, as I've already said. So we need to fully receive God's grace and ask for his help to overcome shame. So let's just pray right now. Father God, we ask that you would give us your strength and your grace. Help us to fully grasp and understand, God, your grace, and help us to overcome shame. In the name of Jesus, amen. Guys, remember Psalms 107.20 says he sent his word to save us from our destruction. By replacing shame-filled thoughts with hope-filled truths in God's words, then we can start the journey of freedom from shame. And remember, that's going to start in our mind and our thoughts. That's why he tells us to meditate on his word. So I want to give you some scriptures that you can meditate on. So Psalms 25.2 says, I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor my enemies triumph over me. 
So, Lord, we trust in you. You may have roots of shame from unkind, unfair things that have happened to you or even things that's been said about you. And those voices can stick in your head and they can really stay stuck, leading you to believe that you're not good enough. Remember, those are lies. Yet when we trust in the Lord, and that's what the scripture is saying, trust in the Lord. When we trust in the Lord for our true identity, he will silence those voices from the past, from the even the present maybe, if they're happening even right now. He will silence those voices and he will give us victory in his power. Not our power, but his power. Then we can begin to hope in the Lord Psalms 25, 3 says, No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. And we need to also choose joy. We have to believe and we have to choose joy. Psalms 34, 5 says, Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. And I love that. No shadow of shame. Remember I told you that that shame was like something that just tries to attach itself to you. It attaches like a shadow looming around you, that spirit of darkness. Well, those who look to him, the Lord for help, will be radiant with joy and no shadow of shame will darken their faces. Then we can begin to take refuge in the Lord. Psalms 71.1 says, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. I like that. Never be put to shame. Let God be the hiding place. We, we talked about today that shame can make us go into hiding, make us go into a hiding place, but let's instead let God be the hiding place. Do you need right now a hiding place to escape from in regards to shame? Well, God is willing to be that for you right now, right here in this moment. He is. So draw close to him and he will draw close to you. That's what James 4, 7 and 8 says. And those shameful attacks that are coming at you, they will fall off because he has the power to do that. He has the power to silence them and to cast them off and cut them off. And he will give you comfort. So sometimes there's an alignment, a partnership that has to take place in this. As God does his work, we have to do our work too. And we have to put off any kind of sinful behavior that we may be partaking in. So, so his word says in Psalms 119.39, Help me abandon my shameful ways, for your regulations are good. Well, I would love to exchange my shame for goodness. How about you? Well, here it is. God's saying, come as you are. Come as you are, just abandon your shameful ways, abandon your shameful thoughts, and in exchange, I will give you my goodness. I will give you my goodness. And so there's nothing to fear. We have to cast off fear and we have to fear not because we can approach God with any and all things. So his word says, fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth, and the sorrows of widowhood, Isaiah 54, 4. Again, he's saying here in this passage, he chooses to let it go, and so he wants us to do the same. Holding on to any kind of shame just really creates punishment. It creates fear of punishment, but we can release our fears to God and fully, fully trust him to take care of us because he loves and forgives us. So, 
in that regard, we have to know that we are honored. I love Isaiah 61, 7, and it says, instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. And I love to think about that passage. Basically, it's saying, uh, I will give you double for your trouble. For your shame, you will have double. I mean, there's such a promise there. So there's comfort in the belief of that, right? Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. That's what Romans 10, 11 says. Let me say that again. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. We have to believe the promises of God because when we do, the less the shame will have hold on us, right? The more that we study God's word and read it and meditate on it, the more truth will store up in our minds and in our heart. And we need that there to overcome the lies of the enemy, to overcome the lies of the shame. So we have to trust in Jesus. And scripture says in 1 Peter 2, 6, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. John 2, 28 says, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. And he doesn't just want us to be in fellowship with him, but he wants us to be in fellowship with other people. Community brings healing. Listen, God is saddened when your shame creates a barrier between you and him. He wants to draw you close as a loving father tenderly embraces his child. He wants to embrace you like that today. And the more that we trust him as our father and our savior and our God, then the greater courage that we will have to overcome and the greater belief we will have in overcoming our shame. Too many people try to walk out shame on their own and they were never meant to be alone in the process. Shame is hard to eliminate alone and that's why we need that community. It's, it's why we may need a Christian counselor um, to walk alongside of us or an accountability partner to help us identify or hold us accountable when we're having thoughts of shame and helping us to overcome it or maybe giving us some encouraging words or some great Bible scriptures that we need to just kind of sit and meditate on. And I hope that that is what I've been able to do for you today. I hope that something that I have said today, uh, just being a vessel for the Lord has brought you encouragement or given you hope uh, to begin breaking down the barriers of shame in your life. Don't delay. Don't delay. Do something about it today. Be proactive today. Just one small step can bring you into a destiny of freedom. If you don't have community, I would love to offer that to you. Remember the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook page. There you can find a community of people that will help you walk through the struggle of shame or anything else for that matter and be a support to you. So there you can find a network of just positive feedback and encouragement for your life. And you can also find me on my website, JeannieScottSmith.com. I'll be glad to just cover you in prayer. You can contact me and find me there. Well, friends, I hope you have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing you in the next show. And remember, I love you bunches and live life abundantly. like mommy's show leave a review hey before you go if this podcast has blessed you the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the shattered and the beautiful show next hop on over to the shattered and the beautiful private facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration 
You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Thank you.